0: Hello and welcome back to the Korean Beauty Show podcast for 2022. I am so excited to be back with you guys. As you know, I have been taking a short break over the Christmas holiday period. Uh, We've been running some of our old episodes over the break. So if you didn't tune in for those, uh, welcome back. If you did, you'll probably be thinking, oh, you know, I haven't had a break from your voice. But I have had a break and I am feeling Great. So I had an absolutely lovely holiday. This is actually the first time I've sort of taken time off from the podcast since we started pretty much. So uh, that was actually kind of nice because I had time to think about what I want to do for the show in 2022, some of the things that I want to talk about and how I want to mix it up a little bit. So this is the plan for this year, guys. What I'm going to do is actually break up our uh, show into two different episodes per week. So the plan is to do two episodes, one on Tuesday, and that's going to be more of like a highlights reel of you know the current news headlines our question of the week our new product releases and things like that and then do on the Thursday a deep dive which is you know we've previously been trying to cram them all in together and what I have been noticing over the course of the last six months is just that the episodes are getting longer and longer and I don't know about you guys but for one it is it kind of hard for me to just keep talking for like 30. 35 minutes straight. And also, I'm a little bit worried that that just might be a little too long to be listening to my voice for you guys in one fell swoop. You know, that's just a lot of content. Uh, So look, this is what I'm going to trial. And of course, I am 100% open to your feedback. If you think that's a terrible idea, you don't want to hear two episodes a week, you would just like one big one then obviously come and find me and let me know I am on the gram at lauren.kbeauty always happy to hear your feedback but that is my plan basically for this year is to try and break it up and you know that way we can fit in more contents as well and try and have two slightly shorter episodes but with you know more interesting varied topics and contents and things like that rather than just you know uh the deep dive taking up most of the episode because i'm just finding there are just more and more little tidbits of information news stuff that i want to talk to you guys about but i am running out of time so that is my kind of this is what i'm thinking to try and get over that problem so that i'm not just Like talking at you for like 35, 40 minutes is to break it up so that we can just do more, but with a little bit more flexibility and a little bit more time up our sleeves as well, uh, and save my voice a bit more. So, if you are joining us for the very first time and you are wondering, who the hell are you? What is this show about? I am. Uh, K-beauty expert. My name is Lauren Lee and I am based here on the ground in Seoul, South Korea. I have been since 2016, so you do the maths. It's been a while. I have been working in the industry now for over 10 years uh, and this show is basically just my place where I can share all the contents that I have been picking up, things on the industry, what's going on on the ground here, product releases, ingredients, uh, anything you can think of that has to do with Korean beauty, Korean skincare, Korean makeup, all of those kind of topics. Um, obviously, I am also a product manufacturer. I have been manufacturing products with various brands and including my own brand, Jellyco, for uh, years now. So that gives me, I guess, a little bit of a different perspective. Uh, on the industry as well just because this is a process that I am now very intimately familiar with from beginning to end so how products come onto the market how we formulate uh, how we distribute them all over the world so all of that kind of stuff that is my jam that is what I do for a living and I guess this is just my place to have a chat with you guys about some of that stuff Uh, if you are wanting even more, then we have heaps more places where we also share information. So I mentioned my personal Instagram, which is lauren.kbeauty. My business is obviously Style Story, so you can come and find Style Story uh, on the internet. We have a website, stylestory.com.au. You can feel free to join our Facebook group, which is K-Beauty Down Under. We have a mailing list, uh, and our mailing list is a great place to join if you are interested in uh, product testing opportunities, for example. If you'd like to test out the latest K-Beauty products, uh, share your views on them, then get on the list because that is where we send out uh, our test- testing application forms. We obviously also do emails about, you know, sales, discounts, all of that sort of thing, new drops, uh, restocks, uh, all of that. And then style story has its own instagram account as well which is style underscore k beauty i'm pretty sure um, so lots and lots of places to stay in touch if this this show is just not enough if for some reason you want even more then there are plenty of places where you can come and find me find us find the business and find out what we're doing So look, with that sort of long-winded intro into this year's show for this week so this being the first episode the Tuesday episode what I'm gonna start with is what we normally do on the show which is the Korean news headlines uh that is something we've been doing for a while so look this week I found a really really interesting headline and it was called mirror mirror on the wall does being fair mean you have it all and this was basically taking a little bit of a deep dive into a new Netflix show so it's a Korean reality TV show called Singles Inferno. Uh, I'm not sure how many of you guys have seen it yet. I posted it on my stories the other day and I think about maybe 30-40% of people said that they were watching it. Uh, Some people said well I wasn't watching it but now I want to watch it. So look this is a show that is basically just a version of Love Island, I guess, if you are familiar with that. It's got single men and women, they're on a deserted island trying to find love, you know, just a totally realistic situation to be in. Anyway, so the controversy that this particular news headline was talking about arose because one of the men was discussing his first impressions of one of the female participants and he repeatedly was saying oh my gosh her skin is so light she seems so white and pure you know I love people with light skin and obviously international viewers their spidey senses sort of pricked up and people were like what like you can't say that what you know like that's not okay and people were saying you know it's discriminatory it's prejudicial colorist and all of the these kind of things, and this article was just saying, uh, well, lo- taking a look into what, where does the Korean preference for pale skin actually come from, and is it racism? And so this was in the Ang Daily uh, newspaper, and what they were saying is in their opinion this is a millennia old beauty standard and it doesn't actually have anything to do with racism. What they were saying is that because historically in Korea uh, only the upper classes could stay pale the, the appearance of those in power was considered beautiful. And basically the people that were in power were very light because they didn't have to work in the fields. Uh, and, you know, they compared it to, for example, back in the day, chubbiness was considered a symbol of beauty in many societies because it meant that you had access to food and therefore access to power. So, you know, it's just a different beauty standard. Uh, and they were also pointing out that, in fact, pale complexions were also deemed attractive in the West way before tanned skin was in. Uh, But the key thing that they were saying is that the preference for white skin in Korea predates Koreans coming into contact with Westerners by a long, long time. So it has nothing to do with admiration for Westerners. It doesn't have anything to do with wanting to look white. Uh, you know, the Joseon-era paintings actually show lots of women with pale skin as being like the beauty ideal. So it's not the the roots i guess of the preference for pale skin unlike in many other asian cultures and other societies was not based on racism or even classism and they made a really interesting point which is that in some southeast asian uh, countries and in india um skin color correlates with class so in in india for example your social class had to do with your skin colour. But in Korea, everyone was the same race. So there weren't different races and there weren't different classes based on the colour of your skin. And in fact, if you have a look at the the range of skin colours for Koreans, they tend to be much more monolithic. There's not as much variation in the skin colours of Native Koreans to start with. So I just thought that was a really interesting article. They were saying, you know, it's not the same as... Uh, you know, countries, multicultural countries, where there was prejudice against people that had darker skin, you know, for example, in the US, uh, a country that has a a history of slavery. Uh, So they were saying that, you know... uh, commentary about colorism in Korea just doesn't have the same connotations as it does in certainly in Western countries, but also in other Asian countries. Uh, And I just thought that was really, really interesting. They even had a list of uh, swatches of the the most common makeup shades in Korea. And I posted those on my stories as well. Um, I might include them in my highlights reel so that you can check that one out. But you know very, very similar colors and that's just because that is sort of the color range of most Koreans. They did acknowledge basically that you know Korean uh, culture now that it is being internationalized, globalized, the fact that shows like this are on Netflix uh, means that they're going to have to sort of be more mindful about comments like this, but that you know to a Korean audience, Having a comment like "Oh, she, you know, she she seems really white and pure," and I have a, a preference for people with lighter skin. Koreans would not see that as problematic in the same way that other people would see that as problematic. That Australians would see it as problematic. That uh, Indians would see it as problematic. That Americans would see it as problematic. And that is just because of the different uh, the history of why there is a preference for paler skin in Korea. So that was a really really interesting article, I thought. And when I shared it, I have a lot of comments uh, from people sort of saying, uh, you know, uh, mentioning the differences in uh, attitudes where they're from. Uh, so yeah, really interesting one there. I would love to know, do you have thoughts? What What is your thinking? You know, is it okay for Uh, native koreans on a korean reality tv show to be talking like this in this day and age or is it just like altogether bad should we take into account the historical uh, considerations the fact that korea didn't have other races in korea at the time when this kind of beauty standard developed like is that problematic now in 2022 or is that just to be expected come and find me and let me know Uh, that is a really interesting topic obviously has caused a lot of controversy Uh, in the last week certainly. Uh, Are you watching the show? Let me know. Um, I'm I'm always always keen to hear you guys' thoughts as well. So the next thing I wanted to discuss with you guys is this week's question of the week. So in our last episode before we Uh, finished up for the break we were talking about face oils and who should use them Uh, so then of course I got a question about well okay if face oils are good uh, but we need to be careful of our skin type which oils are the best for which skin type so really really great question Uh, and of course you will remember that we were mentioning how Even oily skin can benefit from uh, using a face oil. So let's start off with some recommendations for oilier skin types because A lot of people with oily skin are just too scared to use an oil on their face, but if you are going to do it, there are so many benefits that you can get from face oils. Stick to things like grapeseed oil, which is actually what we used in Jellico's Bubble Tea Steam Cream, because that is actually a good one for people with acne and oily-prone skin as well. Rosehip oil is another great one for oily skin. Squalane and also Tamanu. So... If you are playing around with tamanu, depending on how thick the the texture is, you might just want to use it as a spot treatment. That's just a little tip. Uh, If you have dry skin, avocado oil, marula oil are two really great ones for you, uh, Aging skin, again, you've got your pick really of the litter, rose hip, tamanu oil, lots and lots of different options. Combination skin, obviously, tamanu oil is another really good one. Grapeseed oil, I would also recommend. Uh, So just have a play around, I guess. Depending on your skin type, there are different products. You'll also notice that with a lot of beauty oils these days, they're more than just one type of oil. Uh, So It's and Tree has a really, really lovely product that I'm using at the moment. It's called A watery beauty oil and that's got a whole blend of different uh, oils in it that one is just a godsend I'm really really enjoying that but there are also the single blend oils as well so that would be just your rose hip so you might want to have a try test out a few and see which works for your skin type, Uh, see which plays nicely. The other thing is obviously how are you layering it or using it in your routine. Me personally, I am putting on my oil before my moisturizer, but we spoke on the show last year about the fact that some people do it after their moisturizer. Some people put a few drops in, lots and lots of different ways that you can actually use oils in your routine. Uh, So, yeah, jump on board the oil train if you're not on it already, particularly for winter are honestly a godsend it makes such a difference to have an oil in your routine in winter Uh, definitely if you have uh, dry and mature skin as well I would say a must for the drier and mature types I think oils are so so good uh, the trick is just to find one that works for you, that you enjoy using, that you like the scent of. Uh, obviously, a lot of these oils do have a scent to them, so if it just doesn't gel with you and it's not the thing, the kind of thing that you would want to put on your face every day, find something else. Uh, that would be my top tips. All right, now let us get into a new segment that I'm going to be doing for this year, and that is the new K-Beauty releases. So not to bombard you with too many products, but we have a lot of products launching all the time uh, on Style Story. So I thought this would be just a good opportunity to run you through some of the stuff that is new that you might want to keep an eye out for. So the first product on my list is Innisfree's True Care vitamin C 20 ample. So a new release from Innisfree last year, uh, and it's just landed in Australia. So Innisfree is using 20% pure vitamin C. That is a very high amount of vitamin C. If you are familiar with vitamin C, you will know. What they're trying to do here, they have said is improve on the stickiness and oiliness of other vitamin C formulas on the market, uh, and this product is perfect because of the concentration for people with age spots, sunspots, pigmentation, freckles, blemishes, post-acne marks. uh any of those things, this is going to be a really, really good product for you. It is a very high percentage of vitamin C. If you're new to vitamin C, if you have sensitivities, a damaged barrier or whatnot, steer clear of anything this high, I would say, stick down, keep down to around 5% or under. But if you do have a hardier skin or you're not new to vitamin Cs, you've been using them for a while, then this would be a good one to go in with. Now, the next two products I am super excited about, and that is because it is a Korean beauty brand playing around with one of these newer ingredients that is really, really trending at the moment, and that is Bakuchiol. So the brand is 23 years old, and they have a Bakuchiol A ampoule and a Bakuchiol A cream. So let's start with the ampoule. This is 30 mils. It's an what, what they're trying to do is they're targeting early anti-aging with this, they say. So they've made a product that they think will be really good for people in the early stages of looking into anti-aging skincare. So uh, probably 20s, early 30s, this is going to be a great formula for you. And they're using bakuchiol. You might have heard it referred to as a natural retinol alternative. Uh, and the reason people will say this is because it does many of the same things as retinol. Uh, So it it helps improve skin brightness. It helps improve uneven skin tone, plumpness. It can help to minimize enlarged pores, boost firmness, smooth out texture, lessen the appearance of fine lines. Lots and lots of good benefits, but it has less uh, less of a risk of irritating the skin. So that is one of the big ones with uh, retinol generally, uh, particularly for K-beauty. Koreans do tend to avoid products that have the potential to irritate the skin. Uh, So bacutiol is, you know, uh, a a product that offers many of the same uh, benefits of retinol. Now, look, there is not the same uh, amount of study. There is not the same scientific data to back up all all of the claims about Bacucciol, And that's to be expected. It's a newer ingredient. Retinol has been the golden standard in anti-aging for many years. There have been so many studies commissioned, uh, so many people looking into it. So, You know it's it's not it doesn't have the depth of data that retinol does let's be let's be just clear about that however it shows a lot of promising uh you know results for people people are you know talking about it a lot people are happy with the products they're using that have bakuchiol in it so i think this is a really interesting uh Release from a K Beauty brand. Now, it is a vegan plant, a vegan extract, obviously, being a plant, uh, and it comes naturally from the seeds of a plant that's name I'm going to totally butcher, Soralia cori. Correlifolia plant and that is Ceralia with a P-S-O-R-A so basically uh, a plant extract is what we're talking about and they've got it in both the ampoule and then also the cream and the cream itself has a 4.9 out of 5 star rating on a lot of the top Korean language sites in Korea so I would say these are two really good products to look into if you're getting a lot of comments about looking a bit tired and worn out um, if you do have skin irritation, if you find retinol, um, you know, Retrieve, all of those just way too much for your skin, these products have passed their skin irritation tests. Uh, and they're just a nice uh, sort of natural alternative, I guess, a gentler less irritating alternative to other products on the market so they are two releases that I was really really excited about all three of those products are now up on stylestory.com.au now so you can go and check them out Uh, and that is all I have for this episode of the show on Thursday, we are going to be continuing our deep dive. We're going to wrap up the uh, Korean sunscreen scandal uh, segment that we were doing from last year uh, and just have have a bit of a look into that and sort of, you know, where the industry is going with all of that this year. So that is for Thursday. If you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that you are there in the feed ready when the next episode drops and until then I will see you on Star Story.